God bless fantasy football. There are many things a man can do with his time. And this is better than those things. With one week left in the regular season, there's still some meeting to these games. People still fighting for playoff spots, playoff positioning. The Sacco has been decided, which we'll talk about later, but we're still going to dive into it. I'm your host, 2018 champion Andrew Gelblatt, joined as always, your commissioner, your Sacco, your reigning champion, your three-time champion, Mr. Andrew Seiler. And we're joined this week's everyone's favorite segment. We're excited to dive into it. He's your 2014 champion, Mr. Stephen Michael Coniglio. Stephen, how you doing today? Doing well, doing well. I still think you don't need to use the word Michael in there, but you know, we'll let it, we'll let it slide. Did you <laughs> did you notice? And maybe you, I don't know if you noticed this or not. During, at my wedding, I actually made your name tag Stephen Michael Coniglio. Oh, you know, I noticed it. <laughs> I I I saw that, and I knew you did that. I mean, there were two Stephen Coniglios there. I had to differentiate them somehow. And nobody else had a middle name. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't, I couldn't, it, it wasn't even like an M. It was like, it was legitimately Stephen Michael Coniglio. I, I pointed at it and Elizabeth immediately started laughing. <laughs> did you, did you put Coniglio in there or did you just put Stephen Michael? I think that would have been, too, well, because it's, it, it, it was a double card, right? It's like Stephen Michael Coniglio and Elizabeth Coniglio. Oh, oh, Or okay, it was Miss, Mr. and Mrs. Stephen Michael Coniglio. Stephen Mike. Yeah, <laughs> of course. <laughs> but no, Stephen, happy to have you on the show finally to end the season out. I know it's a long time coming. We like to like give you as much time as possible so you can take in all the information, digest it, and just give us some fun facts. So I think we're all excited to dive in, uh, talk about the season. But you know, it, it's a tough time to talk to you with the season, just knowing that you're not in the playoffs. Right, you're the season's over. You know, looking back. How did you feel about your draft for the longest time? We had you as the number one ranked team. I think the first couple of weeks you were a powerhouse. What would you start off like five and zero or four and zero, something like that? I, I was like top scorer for a couple of weeks, yeah. yeah. But um, yeah, no, I I did feel good about the draft, but I did know that my RB two slot was going to be a weakness, especially after uh, Gibson lost that starting role. So I was like banking on my running backs like James Cook and and um Khalil Herbert and and people like that to like maybe they'll step up and you know for a second they almost did and and then it just kind of just all fell apart a little bit. Uh I I felt good, but I knew in that draft that it didn't unfold the way I wanted to and I didn't get the RB depth I needed. So I was always nervous uh of, of after the draft. Are you worried about how long the curse will be in effect and are you starting to believe more and more that the curse is real what is this curse that you speak of it does not exist <laughs> i mean you declared it the year of steven part two one time and it didn't happen that's true so i can never call it the year of steven again but that's the curse and and i've said and maybe you've heard me say this on the podcast that I think the only way this curse is broken is you make it to the finals and lose. And then you can kind of start living living your life again as a fantasy football player. Because now how many years... When when did you declare it the year of Steven? Oh, man. It's, it's been a while, man. Uh, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, a long time. I, and the second year of Steven was, 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 yeah, also a while ago. No, no, yeah, I'm, I'm, no, I'm only talking about the second year of Steven. When did well, you declare? The first time you yeah, did yeah, it, the first time you did it, you won, right. <laughs> I think I took a year off and then I called it again and, and yeah. 
I mean, I'll tell you this much. I didn't not try to get to the finals this year. Right. So, you know, um, you're right. No, it, it was definitely it was definitely 2016 because you. So I'm trying to think because you I think you won in 2014. You were 11 and two. Yeah, I, I'm pretty sure you won. Uh, and then in 2016, so two years later, you were 10 and three going into the regular season, and you ended up losing to Noah in the finals. I want to say. Okay. And yeah, that sounds about right. And so I think that was so. I mean, Kayla, it's been six years. It has been. It has been. Yeah. I can't help but just notice that grin on your face as you say. It's a long, it's just, I'm just saying it's a long drought. It's a long drought. It's a long drought. I think it's a shorter drought than a lot of other people. I still am doing my best as a manager, but you know, it. No, I mean, you are. You are. I, I, as a manager, have not performed up to the expectations and prestige that the Coniglio organization runs. No, I mean, and, and to be fair, right? Like you, I just looked at Siler. Siler had you as a top five team the first five weeks of the season. So you were in a good spot this season. If I, if I think of your team, there are a few things I look back on. You know, Herbert getting banged up, I think clearly was playing through an injury. Jonathan Taylor just on a terrible offense, not able to contribute much at all. Mark Andrews gets hurt, you know, so a lot of these guys, your first two picks, I mean, Mark Andrews, or not first two picks, sorry, uh, your two of your top three picks just did not pan out at all just due to injuries and, and performance. Yeah, no, that, definitely right. Um, but I didn't have the depth to support it either. So, I mean, what you've been saying about my team from the start of the year is true, and I hope that some things will kick into play, but it just didn't happen. So just to clarify, do you not believe in the curse or are I do not can, believe can... in the curse. I do not believe in the curse. I do that's, not think it exists. Okay. That sounds like someone who does believe in the curse, but is hoping for almost a, re a reverse jinx of the curse. I believe that since the year of Steven, the uh, talent and management of the of the leagues has improved such that it's harder to win now. I disagree. <laughs> I think we're going to have to clip that sound clip of you saying, I do not believe in the curse. And every single year, we're going to have to play that back. Uh, <laughs> uh, I thanks, also just want to, I, I do want to call out quickly that Siler had your worst pick of the draft being AJ Brown. So. Yeah. I'm surprised. What I'm surprised. Even, what is he ranked? Well, he just had a great. Game. He must be, he must be a top 10, top, top seven receiver. He's had so many bad weeks. Yeah, he's been he's been hit or miss. He's um, actually the fifth ranked wide receiver on the. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. <sighs> he he booms um, and he busts, but he's boomed yeah. more than he's busted, I guess. I always love the, uh, just just anecdotally, I always enjoy the the post draft podcast that you guys run. It's always so interesting, and I always love looking back on it. Uh, I get so into the draft when the draft process is, is in place and I always have opinions, but I'm always at the end of the cycle when I join the podcast with stats by Steven, which spoiler as love as much as Gilblatt uh, hinted at it. I I'm actually not, I don't have stats this week. I apologize, but I always love your, uh, the draft podcast. It's always the most interesting one in my opinion. Yeah. It's, it's by far our best production. You know, it's now, I think we're year five of this podcast. So Although I don't think we did that the first few years. Well, the first year we started mid-season. I don't think we did a post-draft. Well, the, the, the second season or the third, the, the next two years, we did, the, we did a 
post-draft plus week one podcast and that was just too much because the episode was like in two hours long so you know i think we've now we've condensed it to you know a draft podcast and then a week one podcast but no it's that appreciate the support you know we this this show doesn't exist without viewers like you and listeners like yeah. you so yeah appreciate and the, the love support it yeah yes and the sponsors I, I actually think that we do the most work for that podcast and that first power rankings too because it's so difficult to differentiate between the teams and the post draft pod i just there's so much material to go through so i think that that actually is the most prep that we do of any podcast. Also. Yeah, but I like the. I mean, the segment of worst pick, best pick is good because then we can and keeping it on track because then we can go back and say how, you know, you said his best pick was Drake London and worst pick AJ Brown. I had your best pick Caniglio as Justin Herbert and your worst pick as Mark Andrews. <laughs> yeah, we, we were all a little wrong in all of those. <laughs> you were uh, you you, you the were the most wrong just in your draft overall, but. <laughs> all right so let's dive into last week there were a lot of important games starting off with the first game i have here which i need to actually go to week 13 to see this so first game i have is scott against brian brian fighting for a you know to be part of that playoff talk if other things happened Scott working to keep the bye, squeaks out a win, 102 to 85. You know, Tyreek Hill with a great game, 29 points, 49ers defense leaving him with 22 points. Really a sprinkling of other things. And Derrick Henry the last few weeks, I feel like has not been great. He's had 13 and four. He had a 26 and then a seven. So not really that winter Derrick Henry we're used to seeing. Deshaun Watson, fuck that guy with only four points. Good to see that. Uh, and then for Brian's end, you know, you got to call out the Lamar Jackson injury, which you would hope if he plays a normal game potentially could win this for him. But Scott gets the win, one step closer to confirming the bye. Really needs a win this week, though, to to put it all through. Yeah, and I think, what well, Brian, I, we, I think we said this last week, what was he, like 5-0? and oh? I think he was 6-5-0, and 6-0. And, oh, and, oh. and he you. ends... He's six and seven. It's really been a fall from grace. And it's like he at one point looked like a lock for the playoffs. And now he's basically, he's out. He actually can't make the playoffs at this point. So it's definitely been a fall from grace. A lot of that was injuries, but it sucks for Brian. And so he started uh, off. So he started off the season six and one and has lost six straight games since then. Yikes. Yeah. <laughs> very fortunate for the early games because if he struggled in that early games he'd be in the conversation right now for the sack up oh yeah um but yeah no he's got yeah. Keep struggling along holding on to that bike for dear life yeah, yeah he's got very lucky with the his his opponents he does have two games in his losses that were very winnable if he had had just better luck he lost he lost one game by 13 and another by he lost this game by 15 so you know Definitely some winnable games if some of his guys perform better. I don't know, how do you feel about these teams? I, yeah, I, I mean, I think Scott has a strong team, as I'm, I'm sure I'll mention in, in the Power Rings a little bit. It wasn't a, a blowout week, but still, you know, he has a lot of boom-bust players on his team that kind of can help with that. And as you mentioned, they're not performing up to his potential now, and he scored 102 points. So that's not really a, a poor score by any means. And then, yeah, Brian just... Uh, not great across 
the board on, as far as the performance for his players, you know, defense carrying, but you know, yeah, statistically eliminated. Joint, joint, welcome to our club, sir. Right. You're, you're in that middle of, you're not the Sacco, but you're not in the playoffs. So it's this weird in between yeah. feeling. It, it's, it's days like this where I'm thankful we don't have a Sacco bowl, even though I thought that it would be fun to have because I would definitely be in it. <laughs> I think that would be so no, much more. No, you wouldn't. Yes, he, no, he's saying no. He's saying if you had a, you know how I every year I propose the loser constellation oh, the bracket tournament, like a bracket. Yeah, okay, yeah. I thought you meant just a matchup between the bottom two teams. No, okay, no, no, you know, no. I still think we should do that because I think it's unfair. You know, I think in some instances, like in this instance, it makes sense. Russell had like clearly the least points for, but there were years where like you almost became the Sacco, and it was because you just had crazy points against. So. I feel like in your instance, like I feel like if I, I am, I believe this so wholeheartedly that if you were the Sacco Styler, you would be the number one fan of doing a tournament to make, to see who is the Sacco because you know, you wouldn't have been the Sacco if that was the case. But, but Brian, this season for Brian is the prime example why the Sacco doesn't make sense to do a Sacco tournament because Brian would most likely be the Sacco. If if we had a tournament, Brian would most likely be the Sacco. He has six wins and he dominated until the whole second half his team was decimated by injuries. And I don't think that's fair that he would have to be the Sacco. He was six and one and he'd be the Sacco. That's ridiculous. <laughs> this is the prime example of not no. having a tournament. But that's a prime example of him just not having great depth to backfill guy. I mean, that's like Keniglio's fault. Like if Kenny when Keniglio's guys got hurt, he had no one to fill it in. You could say depth, but there's only so much depth that we can have on our teams. Look at his team. I mean, there are team. I mean, there are teams that have good depth that can support injuries. Yeah, the teams that are in like first place in the entire like the teams that are top three teams. Anyway, this just for me solidifies that I'm happy that we don't do the tournament. Uh just wait if you. If you won one season, you're gonna lose. You're gonna come in last place with like a ton of points for, but just like a ton of points against, and you're gonna say this is ridiculous that I'm the Sacco. I feel like I've done that already. So, all right. Next up, we got Noah against Lee in a huge division matchup to really ultimately decide. Not ultimately, I guess to really push the fate of Lee's division. Noah wins one twenty six to one hundred four. Pretty ugly win behind the back of a 33-point defense performance. Uh, Garrett Wilson does get 23 points. Samaji P. Ryan has been a great plug-and-play, 21 points. But Aaron Jones, 7 points, gets you know gets a little banged up. We'll talk about that later. Alvin Kamara, 4 points. Gabe Davis, 9 points. Kelsey with only 4 points. And then for Lee, I mean, what am I going to say, Siler? said the same thing every week, all season. He has two players, Patrick Mahomes, Devontae Adams. He needs somebody to step up. Hasn't happened all season. He, if those people go off, he could possibly win for the week. And the best part is that I offered him AJ. That trade-up you're talking about, Dane, I was offering him AJ Dillon for Kareem Hunt just straight up. He did not take it. AJ Dillon has a monster game. Uh, Lee, unfortunately... Similar boat to you and Coniglio, out of Sacco contention, but no longer a contender for the playoffs. I think he technically has a percentage, like a, some small percentage of making the playoffs, but for all intents and purposes, statistically eliminated. Uh, yeah, no, he does. Oh, right, right. Sorry, yes. If, if Nate, yes, wins, if, if Nate, if Nate wins. wins and Lee wins and Lee scores, 
How many? What? I mean, how many points is he back? Lee needs. I want to say twenty or thirty. No. Lee does, Lee does play Russell this week, so it's possible that. No, he... there's no way it's only twenty or thirty points. That's not true. Lee's at no. Lee's at thirteen eighty. Oh, you're right. It's thirty point thirty five points. Yeah, it's it's unlikely. Like, if you look at this team, it's unlikely. But <laughs> that would be that would actually be crazy. Not statistically eliminated. He's not. He is not. He has a four percent chance according to ESPN. This is actually the 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 most this has ever made sense before. If you look at Lee's division, Noah's at sixty. Nate's at 36 and Lee's at four. It actually adds up to 100% in his division. So hmm. you rarely see that happen. But yeah, no, Noah like squeaks it. out a win. Brown's defense really leading him the way. Uh, and, you know, now he's got a big week next week against Nate for basically the, the division. That's getting flexed into prime time. Oh, yeah. It was definitely. a big week for defenses because the first matchup we talked about, both of them scored over 20 points. Browns D scored over 30 points. That's crazy. Yeah. No, it's it's pretty safe. Crazy. Oof. Next up, we got Wyatt against Caniglio. Wyatt, I don't like this look. A late in the season name change, team name change. I don't like that at all, folks. That's you got a team that's rocking and rolling under a team, and you just all of a sudden change the captainship. You change your identity. That's tough. But uh, Wyatt dominant win over our guest this week, one fifty to ninety. I mean, where to start? Joe Burrow with thirty three, Josh Jacobs with twenty three, Diggs with twenty, Lockett with twenty seven. After me not call me calling him not a wide receiver too. Seahawks defense with 10, Montgomery 15. And then for Caniglio, monster game from A.J. Brown and Justin Herbert, but uh, just kind of fell flat the rest of the way. Sort of unfortunate, Caniglio, though. There wasn't much you could do. Yep, no. Uh, lost to a strong opponent. Uh, didn't no, no sort of lineup change that I could have done would have helped things, although I didn't make a ton of great decisions in some places. But uh, took no. some risks didn't pay off but also you needed corals to lose anyway and we'll get to them later but obviously the 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 scenario you needed to happen to have a chance to make the playoffs wouldn't have it wouldn't have even mattered yeah and i'm rooting for you i i I appreciate it i appreciate it uh uh i think you and i both did not want corals to win the division because we both selfishly wanted to win it ourselves but uh well they just don't deserve to win the division with the team that they've fielded and the amount of points that they've scored all year long I mean, I'm not. I'm not going to argue with you. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I think that's if, true. If if you had your statistics on this podcast, I assure you that they would be negatively <laughs> reflected in the numbers. Numbers never lie. E- yes, yes, this is true. <laughs> that's so funny. If he had the numbers. Next up, we had Dane against Nate. Uh, big game for Dane as he's looking for seating. Important game for Nate to stay alive in the division. Unfortunately for Nate, he falls five and eight now, loses one twenty-five to one hundred. Dane, you know, the the hero of his team being Jalen Hurts with forty-one points, really, you know, middling performances across the board from his rest of his team. Shout out CeeDee Lamb though, nineteen points. And then for Nate, he got a great game from Terry McLaurin, solid game from Dalvin Cook, but Josh Allen, I feel like has really fallen off the last few weeks. 
uh, I would imagine he's still one of the, if not one of the top three quarterbacks. But, you know, last few weeks after starting the season with, you know, his first two, four, six weeks were 30, 30, 30, 24, 40, 30. Since then, 17, 24, 20, 13, 30, 17. So has really fallen off in the, the, the second half of the season, which is not what you need if you're Nate. Uh, also, Kenneth Walker with the injury, a huge, huge, big, huge deal to talk about the matchups later uh, going into the next week. Yeah, I mean, this matchup didn't really matter for Nate in the grand scheme of things. It did matter for points four, but whether he won or lost this, his fate was going to be decided by next week's, or I guess now this week's matchup against Noah and how many points he scores. For Dane, it was more important because this just solidified his playoff spot. Um, but yeah, Josh Allen's played some tough Ds. I think they're like 10 and a half point favorites against the Jets this weekend. I think he's going to just get right back on track. So I'm not too worried, and I'm excited for the matchup of the week. Yeah, yeah. it's definitely going to be the matchup. I got, no, I got nothing to add. Uh, <laughs> I think you guys can do it well. Uh, next, Siler, we had you against Corals. You really trying to usurp Corals to give Caniglio a shot, and you fighting for your Sacco life. Lose 101 to 111. When you look at Corals' team, DK Metcalf, Christian McCaffrey with great games. You know, on your end, uh, tough the one time you decide to not play both Singletary or Williams and Swift. Uh, Swift finally has a monster game. And then yeah, a lot of guys on your bench actually with some big games. That is, you, I'm looking at your bench and I'm crying for you, man. That's brutal. <laughs> like, Swift, yes, I could have played Swift. There's no chance I was playing Cam Akers, who put up. That's got to be his highest point total. Oh my god, that might be more than his last five weeks combined. <laughs> it, it is. is. It, I think it's more if you add four, ten, seven, twelve, fifteen. <laughs> It's it's more it's almost it might be that's almost as much as an entire season. He had one touchdown all year long, and then he had two touchdowns in that game. So there was a zero percent chance of me actually playing him. But it is it still hurts to watch him do that on my bench. But I think what annoyed me most about this matchup, and I was texting Gilbert at this point, at the four o'clock games are coming to an end. DK Metcalf gets a touchdown, gives Quarles a lot more points. It seemed like it was unlikely I was going to win. And Corey gets, okay. He texted me and he said, Siler, I really needed that DK Metcalf touchdown against you. And I was so mad because at this point, Caniglio lost. Quarles is the three seed no matter what. It doesn't matter. They can't get a bye. This matchup means literally <laughs> nothing for them. For me, I... And you're looking at like, my matchup with Russell and you're like, oh, great. Jimmy G right, just gets that, hurt. At that point, it looks like, okay, now Galbraith's kind of fucked against Russell. It's all going to come down to the last week. I'm going to be the sack. Oh, this is all trending badly. And Corey's like, oh, thank God we got that DK Metcalf touchdown. So I was so mad when he texted me. But then eventually we'll get into Galbraith's matchup against Russell, which was just a gift from God, which thank you. Yeah. So uh, last game is myself against Russell. I squeak out the win 121 to 119 joining an elite group of people who have 11 wins on a season. Uh, Jimmy G getting hurt, but, you know, the heroes of my game being Amon Ra, Christian Kirk, Justin Jefferson, Tony Pollard with just great games. For Russell, Gino with a great game. Uh, Saquon has a solid game. Christian Watson just looking like an incredible grab off the waiver. I wish I had kept him on my roster. 
uh, Jamar Chase coming back, which is nice. But yeah, I mean, Kinnickley, I was telling Styler, I, I, because the game meant nothing to me. I, I, you know, I already clinched the first seed. So I told Styler, I, I turned on the game. I think I, I probably watched the first half of the first quarter and then I fell asleep because I'm 30 years old now and that's what I do. And, and I wake up and I see like a slew of texts. I'm like, what the hell could have possibly happened? And I go to the score and I see that I won. I'm like, oh my God, that's crazy. <laughs> I felt so bad. I haven't even, I've actually meant to text Russell because I feel really bad. But like, what, like the, the chances of that happening were like so slim. Like not only did he have to score 21 points, but he had a out 21 more points than Dalton Schultz. So uh, crazy win solidifies Russell as the Sacco. Siler, you are now safe unless uh, you know Russell scores four hundred yeah, points. Me by a hundred more points than me, which you never know. But it's you never know. But yeah, and we got. I'm looking forward to what Russell puts together for his punishment. I think uh, the first time we're doing it, he'll be setting the tone for for Sacco's to come. Yeah, this is not my favorite punishment. I'm I'm hoping we vote for a new one next year, but. Well, it depends it on the fun. job Russell does. If he does a phenomenal job, we may want to keep it going. Yeah, but the the issue with Russell as the Sacco is that there aren't like fun questions to ask him. You know what I mean? Like it's not like it was just that his his, his team just like did not perform. Like, he just had a bad team, you know. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he, he always drafts a little weird, you know, and, it, and some years it pays off and some years it doesn't. So there's a lot to poke at him. Yeah. I mean, he's our first, he's, he was our first three-time champion and he's our first two-time Sacco. Doesn't Russell like add and drop like 12 people between the draft and the start of the season? Wonder if one of those people he dropped was actually going to be a winner for him. <laughs> now I want to go back and check that. Although yeah, it's also well, hard to make fun of Russell when he's winning like $20,000. <laughs> <laughs> right. I mean, he also like had by by far the most points against. Like he had, he had almost three hundred more points against than me. I don't know. There's not, like not that much to make fun of his team. So, and he also he had the third most moves. How many moves do you think Lee made this season? Don't look it up. <laughs> under under over five. No, that's Gotta a bad over under. I'd say I'd say under over ten. Oh, okay. so it's over five. Um, well, actually, that didn't. I'm gonna say under ten. Yeah, he had nine. Jesus. See, now <laughs> Lee would have been the better person to do this PowerPoint. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I also I also think Lee wouldn't have put his heart and soul into making it a good PowerPoint either. Maybe I'm wrong. Lee, prove me wrong next year when you're sacko. <laughs> uh but yeah no that was last week so going into the standings uh we have a pretty clear picture of the five of the six teams that will be making it to the playoffs so you have myself as the one seed locked in the two seed though still up for grabs as russell as scott and wyatt are fighting for that spot uh they're pretty close in points four with wyatt actually ahead by 40 points. So if Scott loses and Wyatt wins, there's a high chance that Wyatt is going to overtake him for that second seed and get the bye, which would be crazy. Uh, then you have Corals locked in the three seed. And then, I mean, it's also what happens is if Scott wins, though, 
you know, you have Dane and Wyatt fighting between the five and the six seed because they're both eight and five. So they could both, you know, they're both eight and six. They're five, you know, most points four would go to Wyatt right now. He'd be five, Dane would be six, but they're only 12 points between each other. So a lot of scenarios that can be happening, you know, between Scott, Wyatt, and Dane between the two, five, and six seeds. And then, of course, you have Lee's division where you have Nate and Noah fighting for the final fourth seed spot. Uh, potentially uh, our second team ever to make the playoffs with a losing record. Uh, either, you know, one of them can, you know, they could possibly both be uh, six and eight and make the playoffs. Uh, right now, from a points four standpoint, Noah has taken the lead over Nate, which is crazy, by, what is that? That's 13 points? No, uh, four, no, oh my eight, God, point? eight points. Oh my God, I'm so bad at math. Uh, eight points. So you would think, you know, the person who wins probably wins by more than eight points most of the time. It will be really interesting. Uh, looking at the, so if the playoffs were to happen today, though, you have myself at the one seed, Scott at the two, Corals at the three, Noah at the four, Wyatt at the five, Dane at the six. I I mean, it almost seems more advantageous to have the two seed if I'm Scott. I would much rather take the winner of Dane and Corals than the winner of Noah and Wyatt. But we'll talk about that maybe when we talk about power rankings and, you know, who we think is going to win the championship. Yeah, that sounds good. Can you, do you have a hunch of who's going to win the core, uh, Lee's division? Um, I have in power rankings who I think it is, but I, I don't know. I haven't looked at the matchups this week because I guess this week is everything. It is everything. All right. It's fun. It's a little nice this year to have like a little bit more in spread of wins and losses, like people at the top and people at the bottom. I feel like last year, it was nice that everyone being so close, but it also seems quite a bit chaotic. Oh my god, it was so stressful. We root for <laughs> chaos on this podcast. You know, it's also crazy. I, I I was curious. I looked it up before. If you look at points for last year, you had at the end of the like, day. So right now, most likely, uh, there's gonna be maybe three or you know, three to four teams that hit seventeen hundred. Like we had, there were. M- Two, four, six, seven of the teams were in either the seventeen hundred points or the high sixteen hundreds. A little bit different this year. It was a lot less scoring, scoring. down across the whole league. Unfortunately, a lot less scoring. All right, it's time for everyone's favorite segment: waiver wasteland. Siler's waiver wasteland. Wasted. <laughs> I've been a wasteland this year. Jesus. <laughs> Caniglio, you will lead the waiver wasteland this week. Out of necessity. You and I, half our teams were on by. <laughs> so it's an ugly oh, matchup. I can't wait um, to you guys see the starting running backs this week. I'm sure you've already seen. <laughs> oh, I have. I have not. Um, okay, well, I'm excited for that. But anyway. Caniglio James Cook for $30, which actually needed to be done because Nate put in a bid for $22. Wow. So, well done. Plus, Caniglio, there's nothing in it for us at this point. We're just, like, the money doesn't go with us to purgatory. You might as well spend it. 
Yeah, yeah. And and I and I wanted to beat you so bad for pride. I don't know. And as the famous adage goes, if you don't use it, you lose it. True. That's right. Um, so Coniglio with thirty dollars, James Cook. Gelmutt picking up the Chargers D and Jaguars D looking ahead like a very wise owner because he has a buy already next week. This week doesn't even matter. Yeah, um, it was a lot of money. I, I debated. Did anyone else even bid for them? No. Yeah, I uh, would. No. I wasn't sure. Oh, no, Noah did for $0. Yeah, I was ner- I, I Which one, Jaguars or Chargers? Jaguars. Yeah, I was I was nervous about people bidding for defenses. You know, the the Chargers play Indianapolis week thirteen, week uh, sixteen, and then the Jaguars play Houston week seventeen. So, to me, it was just I know I'm 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 locked in for week sixteen already. So let me just look ahead. Patriots defense as great as they've been in leading me this year. They play I think Cincinnati and Miami the last two weeks of the season. So, uh, while I think they're a great defensive unit. I think those are just two teams that are not going to let up a lot of points to a defense. Uh, so, you know, had to do what I had to do. I had the, you know, got to just hope no injuries. That That right. is the that is the managerial skills that has led you to where you are now, sir. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it, it, it just, look, I mean, I, it's a way, it, the defensive waiver wire was very barren. I mean, there were not a lot of good teams. So luckily those, I was, I was just going against matchups because I don't even think the Chargers or Jaguars defense are particularly that good. So it's just kind of hopeful that they're playing bad teams. That's usually the ones that score the most. You just got to play the shitty quarterbacks and it works out. A um, mm-hmm. couple other quick notes. Foster Moreau added by Nate, who I believe still has Darren Waller on IR. Um, so we'll see what happens there. I think Waller's supposed to come back in a week or two. And then Gelbutt adding Danny Dimes because Jimmy G is dead for the fantasy season. So right. we talked about it a little bit, just him and I. It, it's pretty barren out there on the quarterback. Right. I'm not so. I'm not too concerned about Tyler Hineke not being there if I need him in a couple of weeks. So I just kind of went with the guy with the highest upside. You know, he, I mean, he's the number 10 guy. He has a pretty decent schedule to end the season he plays i think minnesota week 16 who's been pretty lax on past defense and then uh indianapolis the following week mm-hmm. so you know and, got and last thing just to mention is the trade between noah and wyatt which is beneficial for both of them i don't um, think so yeah well it's funny because Gelblood said i have a feeling that aaron jones is going to get hurt this week and then, yeah lo and behold yeah so caniglio so just so you know so just to set the scene uh there was noah obviously in a very dire situation as both his running backs on by in a must-win game uh reached out and was clearly talking with a few people about a trade uh him and i were going back and forth for a while and we finally ended up on a trade of uh, he wanted my Zeke Pollard, Justin Jefferson, and Gerald Everett for his Kelsey, Aaron Jones, Browns defense because they have a pretty good schedule to end the season, and George Pickens. And that's I was, it's what? That's a big trade. That's a blockbuster. Yeah, it would have been a huge trade. I was like going back and forth. You know, Noah made some good points of, and, and we I, I talked about it with other people of. Right, I mean, Kelsey and Jefferson are averaging pretty close to the same points, and so being able to put that point total in my tight end spot 
And then I have the wide receiver depth with Kirk, Amon Ra, and Hopkins to fill in the other wide receiver spot. Would probably give me more. There was just... You ever have this feeling when you're doing a trade? Like, I feel like if you're doing a trade, you should be feeling excited. And I just... I wasn't... I just... I couldn't get myself excited about the trade no matter how many ways I tried looking at it. I think even personally, I just think that Pollard, Zeke, whoever I play is better than Aaron Jones, just given that, just just in general. I couldn't get myself to do it. I actually proposed the trade and I think I canceled it right away because I was like nervous. I was like, oh, do I want to do it or not? And then there was just, and I said this, I'm literally talking with Siler that afternoon, Caniglio, and I go, there's something in my gut that's telling me, and I texted it to Noah too. I said, there's something in my gut that's telling me that Aaron Jones is going to get hurt today. And I I just can't do this trade. And then long and behold, lo and behold, he doesn't get like, it's not a substantial injury, but he does get hurt in the game to the point where he doesn't enter the game back and AJ Dillon finishes the game and has a monster game. So there was something, my gut was telling me something. Yeah, that's, that's crazy, man. Yeah. Good and- for you. Yeah, and then if I mean the you know why it makes the trade, and to me, and maybe it's just how I value Aaron Jones. You know, I mean Mixon has not been great this season. His stats are pretty inflated from a sixty-point game that one week. Aaron Jones is good. Don't get me wrong. I don't. I. I. I don't know if it's worth the trade to, like I don't know if it's helping Wyatt as much as it's helping Noah. It's definitely helping Noah more in this week that Noah needs to win and has by week help. And that was my, and I think that was also the other issue with my trade with Noah is that, yes, trades should be, you know, everyone should feel good about the trades. But I didn't feel like I was winning enough from the trade, trading with someone who was in a very desperate situation. Like mm-hmm. if, if instead of Justin Jefferson, he wanted to do DeAndre Hopkins. I would have been like, yep, let's do it. Like I that that feels like I'm actually gaining a big win. But the fact that it was I was giving away arguably my my strongest asset on my team for no reason, like just to help him in a situation. I I was really I just didn't feel like I was winning enough from the trade. Yeah. No. I I I I would agree. And I actually think the best trades are ones where both parties feel a little uncomfortable because those seem like the most fair. Yeah. So yeah, no, it was, I mean, so Noah, why it makes the trade, unfortunately, we don't really know the status of Aaron Jones just yet. Hopefully he has the bye week and get healthy, but uh, yeah. Noah I'm just can... thankful that you didn't do it because I am not the Sacco because of that. So thank you. Well, no, because he wanted to do the trade at 101, so it would have been after lineups oh, were locked. Understood. Under, yeah, that explains why he did the trade. It was wide after. Yeah. And that's either, that's the waiver wasteland. Waver Wasteland. We're all wasted. We're wasted. Uh, all right. So, Kenny Lou, I know you said you had power rankings. I'm hoping power rankings is code for stats. No. <laughs> give us, give, give me not. just, I just need a stat. Give me something. Uh... What are the chances of you making the playoffs this year? Zero percent. Okay, great. That's a good stat. Thanks for that, Gilbert. I appreciate it. 
uh but no you i you said you had power rankings i actually didn't do my power rankings this week just because i was busy at work but would love to kind of hear your take you know maybe just for time's sake but maybe we just touch on the top seven teams uh and, and kind of get your point of view on how you think the playoffs play out sure that works uh i'll just go real quick bottom top we don't talk about them russell at russell russell at 12 sacco me at 11 least points four. Lee at 10, Tyler at 9, and then I had Brian at 8 because he was also statistically eliminated. And, yeah, now I guess starting at 7, I have Nate. I have Nate's team. Pull his team up. Yeah, I think that's fair. I think he, especially with Ken Walker being out, or possibly out. I just don't think he's got the wide receivers to push him in the playoffs at all i mean sure he's got dalvin and, and jared uh allen will will do better say jared allen josh allen excuse me um oh boy you got, yeah. a, you got a nick lachey situation over here <laughs> or leonard fournette leonard fournette um <laughs> but yeah I, I just don't think he's got the wide receivers or flex to really give him any chance if he does make the playoffs yeah that makes sense to me. I, 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 I think even if Kenneth Walker's there, he is the worst of the teams that could potentially make the. He has the the lowest ceiling of any team that could potentially make the play. Right, which is why I'm rooting for him to win. Right, and that makes total yeah. sense. Yeah, yeah, good for you. Yeah. <laughs> All right, number six. N- number six, I have Quarles. Uh, I actually do think their team is pretty good. They do have depth but i just don't think they've got really any home run hitters uh, i mean maybe maybe mccaffrey but that that's kind of it. It, it, it i just think that a lot of the players are middle of the road and maybe one will go off but not to a level that would carry them to any distance so i i have them at six it's so interesting i'm looking at their their who they're starting this week and if even if you just look at like the opponent ranks on espn they're starting Dak Prescott, who is playing against the quote-unquote number two pass defense because, you know, they did, people just run all over them. And yet they also have Trevor Lawrence, who's playing against the 31st-ranked pass defense. So I'm curious their thought process. I mean, obviously Trevor Lawrence is banged up a little bit. I don't think we'll ever know their thought process. They have Aaron Rodgers, Trevor Lawrence. Do they still have Aaron Rodgers? Yeah, yeah, they do. Okay, and Dak Prescott? I don't know... They probably just throw up something into the air and just like whatever it hits, that's the quarterback that they play for the week. They have no idea what they're doing in at the QB position. Yeah, it's tough. But I agree with you, Kenny Leo. They they have like a really if I were to describe their team almost in like Mario tennis terms, they're like an all arounder. You know, they're not a smash hit, but they got a lot of guys who are gonna score twelve, thirteen points. Yeah, yeah. They they're a team full of wide receiver twos, RB twos, QB twos, you know, they're, they're good, but uh, they got no, two owners. That's the, <laughs> there you go. There you go. <laughs> All right. Who you got? Number five, number five. I do have Noah's team. Yeah. Lance for, okay. Uh, I, I think a team, another situation where I do think team he's got some, some depth there. I mean, Tua has been way better than we all expected this year, but I just don't think he's got the wide receivers that would really carry him, and I don't think his 
his running backs are particularly strong. So similar boat of corals. I just think it's a, a little bit of meh. Yeah. I don't know, Sal, you want to talk about his team? I feel like he has a very high ceiling, but it's so boomer bust. Like, aside from Kelsey with the consistency, like, Gabe Davis has had these crazy boom games. Mixon has had a couple boom games. You know, Marquise Brown is a speedster. So, I just don't think there's a lot of consistency, which is very, I'm sure, nerve-wracking for Noah especially going into this week where he needs everyone to be a, a consistent performer. So if he makes the playoffs, I think he could beat anybody, but I'm sure he's just nervous that he's even going to make the playoffs at this point. Oh, yeah. No, I'm in the same boat, I think. I wouldn't be surprised if he won the whole thing, but I also wouldn't be surprised if he got knocked out the first round because, you know, Garrett Wilson is really coming into his own. Travis Kelsey is always going to be a threat. Joe Mixon, I, I will say, I think is a downgrade from Aaron Jones and Alvin Kamara has been pretty poor. So, you know, really struggling in the running back department. So I think his team is vulnerable. It just it just depends, you know, again, this is why I say it almost every week. That's why we play the games. Anyone can beat anyone. They're all professional football players. They can all have good games. Yeah, I just think I just don't think Noah's team scares anybody the same way. Like, I do think I do think there's an there's an echelon here. Uh, of the top two, three and four, and then five through seven. So I do think that it's just the the Noah Coral's name might be flipped around, but they're just a, an echelon below some of the scarier teams at the top. Mm-hmm. So who's in the next echelon? Who's the three, four team, or who's four? Yeah, so four is Wyatt, and I'll just also say Dane is three. So the brothers are in the, their own echelon here. Wow. I'll talk about I'll talk about Wyatt first. Uh, I I I think why it's I think what really differentiates this top four or this sort of echelon is the ability to to field a flex that is strong. Um, I do think that the Wyatt's team does have depth and they, they is pretty strong, but I just don't think between the flex and the tight end spot that they don't have a differentiator that some of the other teams at the top do. Yeah, I mean, I would just say, you know, I would probably have Wyatt as my number one or number two team right now. In the last seven weeks, he scored over 150 points four of those seven weeks. So his ceiling is, I mean, he scored over 150 points, I think, more than my team. Like, his ceiling is clearly higher than mine, if you just go by that. uh, So to me, he has a team where he has a quarterback who can put up points uh, a, a bucket of running backs that he can now play between between Josh Jacobs and Aaron Jones. He has two running back ones. Diggs is a, a solid wide receiver one. Lockett is uh, locked in as a wide receiver two. Even a fringe wide receiver one at, at rank twelve. Like you said, the tight end is is finicky, but I would challenge you that you know of everyone who's in the playoffs right now, everyone's tight end spot is pretty finicky. So is it really that much of a differentiating factor that you need? And then the flex, you know, while he's playing Pickens this week, he does have Montgomery that he can sub in there uh, on a good matchup week. So I really like White's team. I, I think, I mean, I had him as my number two team basically for the entire season. Yeah, I think actually is hurt, though. Make... He's in trouble. That's all I'll say. Yeah. He has I'm... depth, but nobody replaces Jacob's system. 
Yeah, I, I think you're actually making some good points. And I didn't, I, I wasn't taking into account some people he had on by. I mean, he, he is a little banged up in some places. So yeah, maybe, maybe it's a little bit of a reaction. Maybe I did rank him a little too low. If you had done your stats, you would have seen some of the things that I was calling to. That, that's true. That, that, that is true. <laughs> but, I, but every time I bring stats, just want to point this out. Every time I bring stats, you just say, that's just whatever. The still it's also interesting that you bring, you don't bring stats the one year that I'm doing really well. That's the thing that I think I'm disappointed about most is that all these other years you're doing well. The last two years I've been doing so poorly. I've had to defend myself as we talk through your stats. The one year where I'm finally doing well, I'm 11 and two is the one I year you decide I'm too sick. I can't do it. When, when I worked so hard, I had to travel for work. They paid for everything. I wore a suit to the office. Like the one, the one, the one year that I'm doing well is the one time you decide to not do stats. So I think that's, that's what I'm, that's what I'm offended by. I will say if I brought stats, none of it would have been surprising because you would have been very much at the top and everything has kind of fallen into place by this week anyways. But I will say, I'll give you a little bit of actuarial judgment. You would have been my number one as you are right now. I think your, your team is quite good. Wow. Yeah. Take, take, take that consolation prize. Okay. <laughs> But there's no data behind that, so you're just kind of guessing. If I bring data, you make fun of the computer. If I don't bring data, you make fun of my lack of computer. <laughs> it's so, a, yes. Damned if you do, damned if you don't, is what they say. You're also number one in our hearts. Thank you. <laughs> well, hey, me or Steven? Uh, your team, Steven's personality of per and perseverance. Okay. Let's go! All right, so you had Wyatt at four. Who do you have at three? I, I had Dane at three. Okay. Um, I I I do think that I mean Hertz has been really great. I do think he covers up some weak spots, but he really doesn't have that many weak spots. I mean, two solid running backs, two solid wide receivers, a, a little bit of flexibility in the flex. Uh, I don't know. I I think his team when I compared it to Wyatt prior to some of the injuries and and buys that I didn't notice on Wyatt's team, I thought he had a slight edge. I probably flip him now, but. Uh, I just think he's got a, a scary team. Oh, yeah, for sure. And, you know, even if you just look back at his schedule, he has two games in week eight and week 11 where he lost by two points legitimately, where he could easily be uh, 10 and 10 and three right now and be nipping at my heels for the, the first round by. So Dane has been my number one team. I mean, really for the last three weeks. I had him as he was my number one team week one and two. And then I he was my number four team weeks three through six or seven. And then he was my number two team. And then he's been my number one team since. I think he is a team, one of those teams I am very nervous to play against because he has so many boom players, the CD Lambs, the Ecklers. I mean, there are, it wouldn't be a crazy thought in my head to see a game where Hertz, Eckler, lamb each have 30 points so yeah definitely yeah i don't have much to add he has a great team and he's gonna be dangerous come playoff time so it'll be fun to watch would you put him at number three um i feel like i had a power rankings either this week or last week i have dane at four right behind wyatt interesting all right, so you're number okay, two. Well, 
Well, yeah, yeah. And now we know who your two is. So why is <laughs> Mr. Scott Anderson your number two? Um, this one use a little bit more judgment than I guess math on this. I just I just you didn't do any math this week. I didn't. I did lots of math this week, just not for this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I, I I did. Uh, I do. Um, I do think there's running backs. I think Derrick Henry has been slow, but he'll pick it up. He'll find his way, and and if so, then he he could be really carrying his team a lot. I mean, it's Ramondre Stevenson. I'm a huge fan of Tyreek Hill. Like could easily carry him. Those three alone could do a lot. But I also do think he's got some some decent depth around it. Like. Kittle's been underperforming a bit, uh, you know. Maybe, maybe that comes on. I just think his team maybe has more of a sleeper potential. But I know I'm putting him at two. But I don't know. I, I, I do like his team. I think I, I would put Wyatt above. I think I would put Wyatt in two and move him up from four and, and maybe put Scott down at three. But I, I, I don't know. I, I, I do feel like he's got a little bit of, like I wouldn't want to play him in the playoffs. Well, also just to add this real quick, if Scott gets the bye. Right, none of his players obviously matter for Week 15. Derrick Henry plays Houston in Week 16, who he's notorious for getting like 200 yards and like eight touchdowns every single time that he plays. So, if Scott gets his bye, he's got to be feeling really good heading into that matchup, whoever he's going against. So, true, true, true. Yeah, Scott is just one of those team where his team, they're just gritty. He doesn't have a sexy team. Like when you read those names off, like. Even as great as Derrick Henry is, he's not like, I feel like he's just not a sexy name in, in the fantasy world. Like, if you're his owner, you love him. But, like, I don't know. There's something about, I've never been a Derrick Henry owner. I feel like he has those ups and downs. His He's just got a gritty team that's been itch, inching out wins. You know, the last few weeks, 120, 130, 115, 116, three back to back 140 games. Uh, you know, he has a team that can score a lot of points. I think they just do it in the, in the, the dirty way possible. Like they, they, they really get down to what football is all about. I, I think Tyreek Hill and Olave are pretty sexy, though. I'm not going to lie. So, But they're not on sex. Like, like Olave is not on a sexy team, so it's not. No, but Tyreek is. Yeah, I but even that. then, you know, he's like splitting with, you know, you always have to be concerned about Waddle. Um I feel like to me, and maybe it's just a perception because again, I've never owned Tyreek Hill. I think of Tyreek Hill as this six, four, you know, five catches, and two of them have to be for sixty yards for him to have huge games. I don't think that's who he is now in Miami, but I for some reason just have that ingrained in my head from Kansas City. I get that. Yeah, I totally get that. Yeah. yeah. I mean, right. I pay attention. I take pay attention to Hill because I had Waddle, but yeah, I mean, he's 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 good. He's scary. And then, yeah, I know you're about to transition. Yeah, and I had you at number one. I just think across the board, you got a really strong team, running back, wide receivers. Uh, I, the strongest wide receivers. You know, I, I remember you drafted so many running backs in the draft, and that has paid off because your, your wide receivers really hit super hard this year. Um, so, I mean, good on you. And streaming the quarterback position is a strategy that I believe in. I think you've done it quite well. And, I, you know, I think, you know, you you you've you've earned the spot as I think as the clear number one going into the playoffs. Not to jinx you. No, I mean I thank you. I appreciate that. I keep on. I consider. I think. I think you can make a strong argument for me, Dane Wyatt, or Scott to be number one. You know, 
Pollard, you know, Pollard has been great, but he does ha- he's in he's in a timeshare, and I think we haven't seen a game recently where Dallas has been down yet, and so I don't know what the game script looks like in a game where Dallas is losing and how that running back split goes on. My quarterback situation, while I appreciate the kudos on streaming, has not been that successful streaming. If you you know look back at my history of of of, of who I've been starting and how many points they've been getting, it's really been other. It's been my wide receivers just carrying me. So uh, that's been you know a, a dull spot, and then the tight end uh, is just you know has not been consistent. So I think you can make arguments for you know yes, I think I think I have by far the best. I mean you know Amon Ra since coming back, you know, if you count only count his games where he's been healthy, is averaging like 20 points a game, you know, Justin Jefferson's averaging 20 points a game, and DeAndre Hopkins, while the number 34 receiver, is averaging 18 points a game, and would probably be a top five, six receiver. So I think I I have by far the best receiving core, and I just have to hope that they can, you know, continue to carry me, though. They have some pretty tough matchups weeks 15 and uh, 16 and 17, so... It's definitely not going to be a walk in the park, but exciting. You know, I think like I, I think I said a few weeks ago, this is probably the most fun team I've ever had in this league. I've never been a, in a position like this, even the year I won. Thoughts, Tyler? Oh, um, I say it every week. You're number one. I feel like I don't know why you don't put yourself at number one. I assume it's for jinx purposes, but. I no, I think, it, I think to me it's the I don't have the boom quarterback and I don't have the I don't have a tight the tight end. Like I think I I have weaknesses. You do have weaknesses, but you're as Snigger said, the wide receivers every week they're so consistent. Their floors are high, their ceilings are high. Yeah, I, I mean, you're killing it, and unfo- you're running back with super high ceilings also. Unfortunately for me this week, I don't. It doesn't really matter for me, but my when I look at my matchups for the week, I have. Pollard against the 32 ranked defense, Justin Jefferson against 28, Christian Kirk against 32, Everett against 30, and Amon Ra against 29. So if it would be nice if, I mean, not nice, but I could be the first ever 12 team, 12 win team this league has ever had. Wow. Yeah, Playing true. for greatness. Though, you know, this is, that is across 17 weeks. So, or, yeah, or Good point. 14 weeks of regular season. Um, all right, so let's jump into appreciate, you know, Stephen, I know that was a lot, a lot of effort, numbers, work went into that. So thank you for putting that together, <laughs> leading that segment. You're so supportive. I appreciate it. Thank you. <laughs> uh, all right. Well, I, I just know that, you know, you, you're so ill that I, I can't imagine I'll see you on Xbox at any point this week after like eight o'clock because you really need to rest up. What else am I supposed to do while I'm ill? <laughs> Get some sleep, rest up, watch some TV in bed, you know. Do, bosh. do the things that, that help you recover. Drink some orange juice. Get some vitamin C. I am drinking tea like it's water, right? Well, I guess tea. It is water. <laughs> what is tea if not just flavored water? You got me there, sir. All right. Uh, let's go into our matchups for the week. So in a game that does have some implications, we've got Quarles against Scott. You know, technically, while this game doesn't really matter because there's no chance Quarles makes up the points for, if Quarles wins and Scott and like everyone else loses, 
and he had more points than Scott, which I don't know what their differential is right now, but he could technically take the two seed. I, I think the point differential is massive. I think it's, it's like, gotta be <laughs> two hundred points. I don't think it's that. How much is it? I mean, How much is it? Quarles has the least points in our division. So. All right, so Scott is at fifteen seventy six, and Quarles is at thirteen fifty three. So what? It's only two hundred and twenty points. Oh, that's oh my god. <laughs> uh, yeah, anyway, so... you have the Corals against Scott historically, and this is not this hasn't been updated since week three. I'll probably pay for it next year to do that for both. But Corals against Scott, Corals actually is up eight to one in this series, last winning week thirteen of twenty twenty one in here. Scott projected to win one eighteen to one fourteen. I'm actually gonna give Corals the win here. Or can you can go second during the year. Okay, sure. I, I, I'm picking Scott. I just, I believe in his team. And if he loses this week, then he doesn't deserve my highest spot in the rankings. But yeah, I, I just don't. I just believe in Scott's team for this week. I can't pick Coral. I just can't do it. Based on yeah, we can't. text to me last week. And also, his team is, the team isn't good. They have the names. They barely put up any points every single week. I got to go with Scott. Yeah, we, we, we cannot in good conscience in our division pick pick corals. Agreed. Not that not that you or I have earned a spot, but I don't think they earned it either. Next up we have our matchup of the week. The most important matchup. We have Noah against Nate. Nate historically, these two rivals have played twenty-two times over the course of these twelve years. Nate up in the series 13 to 9, winning earlier this season 114 to 103. And I, I I think I'm going with Nate. I don't know why. I I I just I, maybe I'm in an underdog mood, but I I think Nate pulls out the win here. Although here I think Nate pulls out the win but doesn't win by 8. Ooh, that's a bold prediction. Put that in there. Put like a little note. It's like win not by eight, though. It's going to be under. Do they have any people playing on, like, I, Monday night? I am that would suck. Uh, no, it was uh, Hollywood Brown. Oh, that's gotta, I would hate that so much if I was Nate. Sorry, no, it, no, it does. I'm saying if I was, if I was, yeah, I mean, I just hate it all around. It's like, you're just like, you can't even enjoy your weekend. Thursday and Monday games are top of our fantasy. All right, who do you got, Kenigliel? Um, This is a coin toss. Uh, I, I'm going to pick Noah because I have his team higher. I, I really don't think. You know, actually, I, no, I'm going to pick Noah with confidence, actually. Yeah, I didn't really like Nate's team a lot. I don't think he's got a lot of depth, so I'm going to pick Noah. I think I'm going to pick Noah also. It's like usually I root for chaos, but I'd like to see the best teams make the playoffs, and it makes the playoffs so much more interesting, and I think Noah's team is better than Nate, so I'm going to go with Noah. Next up, we have Coniglio against Siler. Siler, you're up in this series 9-6, to six, though Coniglio won last time you guys played. Wow. <laughs> Week 1. You would have think this would have been two top five teams in the league, 147 to 138. <laughs> that was a huge game you guys had. 
That was massive. Uh, uh, conversely, right now, your projections are 96 to 101. Uh, gonna go, you know, though not for anything important for league playoffs or Sacco, this is for last place in the division. I think I'm going with Siler here. I mean, have you seen my running backs that I have to start this week? Yeah, I'm picking Siler too. <laughs> Also, you did not mention when going over this matchup, the two, this is a matchup of the two highest scoring teams in the former champs division. <laughs> um, <laughs> I am going to go with myself just because it could be as well. Yeah. Uh, all right. And then next up we have Lee against Russell. Historically, Russell up in this series. Oh, no, that was the wrong team. Lee against Russell. Lee actually up in this series, nine to eight against Russell. That's a shocking, that's a shocking stat. Uh, Lee, hey, I guess Lee does not have a full starting lineup yet, but in two teams, both projected under 100 points. Uh, or sorry, Russell doesn't have a starting lineup yet. I think I'm taking a chance on uh, Lee, though. I think Lee Lee Nate wins. Lee wins by even more and gets the, the champion and gets the, the, the seed. I'll I'll this coin toss. Because I obviously both lines set and, and who knows what they're gonna choose. I don't know. I'll 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 pick I'll pick the Sacco for a win to end on a high note in last place. I Lee's team is so bad now. Look at that team. <laughs> I can't do it. I'm going to go with Russell. Uh, second to the last game we have is Wyatt against Brian. Brian up in this series 9-6 to six, uh, with winning the first game they played this season in Week 2, 146-128. to 128. Very different team we're seeing here, though. I think Wyatt easily takes this matchup. Yeah, I think Wyatt. I wish at the beginning of the season we could have showed Brian that he'd be starting Zonovan Knight, Josh Palmer, Latavius Murray, and Tyler <laughs> in the last week of the season. Um, I have to go with Wyatt. Wyatt's team is just far superior. Lastly, you have myself against Dane. Historically, I am up in this series 12-1. to 1. Projected to lose the 114-122. to 122. I feel like this is a sign, the fact that I'm up in the series 12 to 1 of me getting my 12th win. So I'm going to go with myself. This could be a playoff uh, preview here. Uh, two really strong teams. I mean, I had you first. I'm going to pick you. Um, although I do think Dane's team is strong this week. I don't know. Danny Dimes against Philly is tough. Um... See the rest of my matchups, though? But Dane is still projected to win, even with all that. Um, I'm going to go with Dane this week, even though it matters not at all for your team. I think that he's going to pull out the W. Cool. All right, and Caniglia, before we head out, who's your who's your championship pick for the season? Who who comes out on top? Uh, I pick you, Gilbert. I, I've I, I've thought for a long time that you've got the best team and you managed it well, so I'll pick you. Wow, appreciate that. Well, not nah, yeah. 
as always, appreciate you taking the time. I know we were joking around. Appreciate you joining, and uh, uh, you know, hope you had a fun time. Yeah, it's a great show. I think the the people learned a lot. I know. I think who was it? I think my brother was telling me actually he has a statistics like something tomorrow or Friday, and he was excited to listen to this to just kind of get those insights to kind of give him an edge during the test. So I'm glad, you know, we were able to give him the information he needed. Hopefully he does well on his tests. What? Are you talking about your brother? <laughs> what? Yeah, my brother, Brian, at his job, they because he works in engineering, they have to do, like, uh, tests every once in a while. So the one he has on Friday is a statistics test. And I said, oh, don't worry, Stephen's going to do a whole segment on statistics for the podcast. And now you're not doing that. So now he might not do well on his tests. So. I mean, the word exam and tests, it still gives me chills and shudders. So <laughs> good luck to him. Sorry. Sorry. I could not be of more service. I'm just Steven, I'm joking. You know that, right? I, mean, I don't know. <laughs> Maybe he does have a test. <laughs> oh. is his job is giving him a random statistics test he has to take. I don't know the first thing about engineering. Oh, God. You know I'm so gullible. Don't even. <laughs> it's okay. Uh, no, but thanks for coming on. This is, a, this is, I think, a great way to end the regular season podcast. Uh, you know, I think probably for the rest of the season, maybe until the finals, we'll do some solo podcasts of just quick hitters of the, the, the playoffs. But as always, I mean, can you leave any parting words for, you know, those actually competing for something? Uh, No. No, no parting words. <laughs> okay. Uh, Siler, anything you want to say to the fans? Uh, feels good not to be the Sacco. Sucks to suck Russell. Uh, want to give thanks to Gelblatt for pulling me out of the hole that I was in on Sunday. Two holes uh, on Sunday. What do you mean two holes on Sunday? You were in a hole of about to lose and maybe become the Sacco and a hole of you needing the rest of the Pokemon to complete your Pokedex and me sending you the ones that you needed. So Siler has officially captured all 400 Pokemon in the new Pokemon game for his Ooh, Pokedex. I, th- I think you're going to have to start introducing me as Pokemon Master. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you have to. <laughs> Does that constitute Pokemon? Is catching all of the Pokemon that makes you a Pokemon Master or is it being the champion of the... Uh, the league that makes you the Pokemon master, or is that the Pokemon champion? I feel like the Pokemon song says, "Gotta catch them all," and he's caught them all. So I feel like that's Pokemon master material. Yeah, but that Pokey rap only includes 150 Pokemon, so the only 150 that matter. <laughs> we should do a fantasy football player rap like the Pokey rap. No, no way. <laughs> Why? That would be fun. In in the same. Let me think about it. If I maybe if I have some when I'm out the week of Christmas when I have like nothing to do, that seems like some that seems like a great way to fill my time. There's gotta. I'm sure that we could do something. Yeah. There's no doubt. I'm I'm gonna brainstorm a little bit. Okay. Okay. Good. Okay. Maybe we like maybe what maybe what we do is we alternate verses. So like you know how they do like the interludes where it's like it's like. Articuno, Moltres, da, da, and it's like, gotta catch yeah. them all, gotta catch them all. So then like, we'll hand it off to you and you can go do your I part. I love it. Okay. I love it. Okay. <laughs> but, but what if we do repeat players? Oh. We may have to get a little obscure, but yeah. I'm all for it. 
We'll have a draft on the rap, so you guys can draft names to use in each other's raps. That sounds like a lot of work. No, no, obviously not, but... Yeah. No, but again, signing off, Caniglia, thanks again. Hope everyone enjoys the week, enjoy the football games. Uh, Hope everyone's wrapping up their holiday season, getting ready to celebrate with their friends and family, and we will be back next week to discuss the first round of the playoffs. So signing off and have a great one. Oh, thank you.